Hello and welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs and Amir Malikpour will join me in just a minute as we move to our next book in the exploration of Jack Kirby's fourth world, Mr. Miracle. It's a fascinating issue in its own unique way. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. It starts right after this ad. I gotta say, Amir, we've read... 14 Kirby stories so far as part of this project. This is the one that was kind of the most basic story to me. It was pretty basic. And the first thought to my mind is like, you know, at this point, I feel like I'm more here for the art and the subtext rather than the story. So what's going on in Kirby's head? Not really like what's going to happen with Mr. Miracle. And it's, uh, but having, you know, read New Gods before this. So we have a little bit of understanding of like some of the characters that show up like Inner Gang and stuff like that. But really for me, it feels like from here on out, when we're reading Kirby, it's like, what's going on in Kirby's life right now? What's he feeling? What's his mindset? And then his art is awesome. And then I was actually pretty happy with Vince Coletta inking him in this issue. I really enjoyed that. By and large, Coletta looks pretty good in this issue, doesn't he? He does. I like the way he um, inks, uh, like the way Thaddeus looks. So we'll, we can get into it, but I, I really liked it. I like yeah, the some, he brings. Uh, I like I, the way he draws Intergang in a few scenes, especially. Yeah. I mean, I hate that he probably erased some stuff, but I love the softness he brings to the characters. So this, to me, felt the most talking about subtext this felt to me like the most of the issues that shows Kirby wanted to hand this series off to another creative team Does, oh, did, did no. it feel to you like this was like a, such a standard origin story that he's just setting things up for anyone to take on um I don't know I mean I I didn't get that part from it I did have some interesting you know things that he mentions in there like should we just jump in the story or should, I guess I didn't get that from handing off, but I wasn't really thinking about it. I was really thinking about the characters and what, what they could mean. I think the, and the reason I, the subtext one is like, I wanted to mention, um, there's a part where, so I guess, do you want to set up the story or go ahead? Oh, I was just, so basically we have, a. Mr. Miracle, the original Mr. Miracle, which is Thaddeus, and he's testing out some some new trick, and Oberon, his, I guess his assistant, is helping him out. And one of the things that was really interesting, this is an older gentleman who's been doing, you know, Daredevil work, or Mr. Miracle type of work for a long time, and now he's getting older. And on page two, his his assistant says, time has passed you by. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first thought. I was like, is that Kirby? He's an older guy, uh, Thaddeus. I think the, his name used to be the Great Thaddeus when he was like a daredevil. Right. And he changed it to Mr. Miracle. Just like Jack Kirby's name used to be Jacob Kurtzberg. He changed it to Jack Kirby. And now he's getting older and he's passing it on. And I started to think about, just even on the second page, I started to think about like, who do you, and I think this is in line with what you're saying is like, was he thinking about passing this on to somebody else? And I'm thinking like, who do you think that person would have been that he would pass it on to? 
Would it be somebody like Neil Adams? Would it be Steranko? Because Steranko says this book is based on me. Like, who would he have passed the story on? Who is the young guy who's going to come and replace him? Yeah, and Evanier talks about that a bit in the comments at the end, where he talks about these works being passed on to other creative teams. I don't think he says specifically who in this case. I know there's a mention of, like, John Romita and Don Hectic now one of the series. Mm. But it feels like, so to carry on your analogy, I mean, it feels like, perfect, it feels right? like Thaddeus is passing everything on to Scott, the next generation. Scott is young, he's vital. There's even points, there's times that Thaddeus says, basically, you have the youthful energy you need to pull to, to be a super escape artist. You have the energy you need in order to be a great hero, to take my place. And there was just such a strong passing of the torch. So I wonder if Kirby had imagined someone like Mark Evany or writing the book and someone in the younger generation drawing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you would think Taranko would be a good guy. Neil, I mean, I don't know if he could get them, but, you know, some superstar. Or maybe there's a younger artist that he likes that we don't even know about. Mm -hmm. That's something that's interesting to me to really think about. But that, you know, maybe I'm reading too much, but it was interesting because also, like, he can still do it. Thaddeus doesn't die because he fails. Well, I mean, we can get into a little bit more, but he, he gets murdered, and that's how, you know, Scott Free is able to take the mantle on. I wanted to, can we, should we talk about the story a little bit? Because I wanted to kind of get a, get into that relationship, too, of Scott Free's eventual takeover, or like, you know, becoming Miracle Man. Well, I think the story starts just gloriously because we want, we have this kind of, first of all, Mr. Miracle, uh, Thaddeus is chained to this escape thing. The, his legs are manacled. He's put into a burning building and it's lit on fire. There's just this tremendous sense of stress and tension, but also we have no idea what's happening here. We have no context to think about this. So, you know, the maestro is, is putting his life at stake, we find out on page one. And basically we're being reassured that it's everything's gonna be okay, but is it actually gonna be okay? You know, mm -hmm. this mysterious person on page two comes in and says, are you mad? What have you done? You know, I don't believe that he's gonna be okay. And then Thaddeus, as we find out, Thaddeus escaped from the death trap, but there's this real feeling of kind of Kirby just dragging us into a moment of pure tension at the beginning. Mm -hmm. yeah. A couple things that I really like about this beginning part. First of all, they, he does a great job of explaining why Scott or Mr. Miracle wears his cape. Because like a circus performer, he'll wear a big cape because it makes a bigger splash. And then he wears uh, this big, this bold, ridiculously colorful costume. Also because he's a, kind of a performer and so he wants to be able to kind of stand out in the crowd so like one of the things that's always kind of annoyed me about mr miracle honestly is this costume just so ridiculous right mm -hmm. all this whole clash of reds and yellows and greens but it all makes sense kind of in context of who thaddeus was mm -hmm. and it's interesting having not read this before i, I mean i knew about that because i think i've read this issue before but not the entire thing but 
you would think that it is a like a new god's costume, but it's not. It's actually like of it's a costume from Earth. And it's nice how this book starts out with this friendship and this mentorship. You compare it to New Gods, where it's all of this grandiosity, this inhuman mechanism. But really, like here, Scott is like a, a person, right? He truly respects Thaddeus. And this whole issue hinges on their friendship. So where Orion's this god who kind of is separate from humanity, and even Light Ray is separate from humanity, Scott is like a person. Mm-hmm. It's like a human. He may have greater abilities. He doesn't actually have greater abilities, by the way. We should talk about that, too. But he's also much more relatable as a person. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about Scott, too, is like, you know, he never really had a father figure or even a parent figure. And this small, short amount of time that he's with Thaddeus, he's actually become his father. Because mm-hmm. the more you know, we find out that Thaddeus' son died in Korea, which is interesting, right? Bringing that yeah, war yeah. angle into it. And his wife is dead. And they're each other's family in a way. And then Oberon, you know, he's able to find family. I, mean, I think I have an inclination knowing a little bit about Mr. Miracle. Um, <laughs> this is going to be about family. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a family and like family of like people, orphaned people, essentially. Because he doesn't, his his real dad gave him away. His fake dad tortured him. So this is like, you know, you don't get to choose your family, your biological family, but you get to choose your real life family. And, and it's so, yeah, it's so clear there's this kinship between Scott and Thaddeus, too. They're always making eye contact. Like almost every page, there's a scene where they are making great eye contact, and Scott is smiling. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. It's show business, you know. It's like carnies, kind of like carnival folk type of uh, character. That, you know, you notice like a lot of those folks are like they they form a family, even though they're not blood related. So I, I'm I'm excited to hear to you know to learn a little bit more about these stories, but. And also, like, make up or decipher more subtext that may or may not be there. <laughs> but I do, I, I do enjoy this character. I think it's, this is probably there's more humanity to this. The first issue, of this than perhaps New Gods. Although New Gods has a lot too. I mean, the New Gods story is about Orion. This is about Scott Free, which, yeah, also says something about their characters, right? Orion's this big fighting man it's all about action scott's more about freedom and freedom kind of from so this is the this is the line that people have always talked about with scott free too is that his escape is uh symbolic of his need of his escape from apocalypse mm-hmm. yeah and he has such a joy in what he does and his being an escape artist because it represents him overcoming his past mm-hmm. Which we don't know about yet, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, what's interesting, I mean, we do know from a New God's perspective, having read that previously, is he was actually allowed to escape so they can start the war. So it's very mm-hmm. complicated. hmm But, yeah. I think it would be fun to read stories of Thaddeus himself. He just seems like such a great character with so much life experience. And I'm sure he's had his own share of escapes over the years oh yeah i mean 
that's what I, I was. I would have wished that he would stay a little around a little bit longer. Although I think you I tend to care for him. Mm-hmm. I think seeing that Korea, you know, his son dying in Korea and in the Korean War, and then you know him being an older, lonely guy, and only having Oberon, which is interesting. With Oberon, um, before having read Mister uh, Miracle. Um, I thought Oberon was one of the new gods too, because that name, you know, it's like it's it's godlike, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Of it's a, yeah, it's a king of fairies. Yeah, it's from Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. Midsummer Night's Dream, I think. Yeah, that's right. He's the yeah, he's the one that tricks everyone into falling in love, love with each other. I don't think that has any correlation to this Oberon, but. At least not till Scott beats Big Barda. Oh yeah, maybe you're right. I really enjoy the way Kirby and Coletta draw the criminals from Intergang, and again, here's an old, a tough guy wearing a nasty hat with face full of wrinkles. Like no one drew mobsters like Kirby drew them. Yeah, and as we know, Intergang is connected to Darkseid. Right. But there's nothing at all explicit here. Yeah. That was, I, that was the most surprising part of this issue to me. It's like there's really no connection to New Genesis or Dark Side or Apocalypse at all here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that you find out more in the New Gods issues. This is like along the way. So even as you're reading New Gods, you don't know that yet either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so masterful. Uh, what do you make of this villain with the steel hand? He seems awfully underwhelming to me. I agree. It's like, uh, yeah, whatever. I, I don't. I think this is just introductory. So I don't think my guess is he's not going to show up again. It's just to say, like, you know, he's kind of like, yeah, let's get him out of the way to say, like, you know, Scott Freeze is a is a hero have somebody to blame that killed Thaddeus and and let's go from there. I don't really think he's really interesting at all. I mean it's it's an introductory tale, right? Do we know in in the order when this issue came out? Like what was the first one or the second one? Well, I mean based on the order that they are in this, are the Fourth World Omni. So first it was three issues Jimmy Olsen, then mm-hmm. Forever People, then New Gods, and then Mr. Miracle. Oh, got it. Okay. So it's the last of the comics to come out. Mm. And Forever People, which we haven't read with our group, with, uh, ourselves yet, but is also really closely tied to the fourth world from the very beginning. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's a little distant, but it's really clear that they come from New Genesis, and there's connection there, but there's also a tight connection to Jimmy Olsen, which had started to kind of reveal the larger world also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The steel hand guy, he's not very exciting to me. It's probably the most boring part of the story. In fact, he's such a throwaway, right? Yeah. I wish Thaddeus would have died by somebody who's like more important, you know, maybe somebody from Apocalypse, you know, not like just some, but you know, as would have it, I, um, so by the way, like, I still want to make a comment about how this issue looks a lot like Kirby's romance novels, and that's because of Coletta. It's like, mm-hmm. they, they do look like, it's pretty cool. 
it's a little bit different than, you know, because, you know, having come and seen like the last few issues of New Gods, which are kind of, some of them were rough, but a lot of them were like burly. And this is like more kind of, it's a little bit more tender, I feel like. And I think that's what Scott Free. I mean, maybe the, Coletta didn't go on. No, I think Royer uh, inked the rest, right? Coletta did the first three or four, like yeah. he did the other series. Yeah. In this case, I would have loved to have him do the rest of the series, especially when Big Berta comes on board. Mm -hmm. Get him some help so he doesn't erase Kirby's <laughs> pencils. But like, I, I did. I really do like. I mean, this is crazy, you know. Like going through all this time and like talking crap about. Uh, I mean, I don't really talk crap, but you know. But you know, thinking of Coletta as being a bad anchor, but I, I do see why it's attractive, and I do see why they started with him because, in order to get people to get on board, you need to have some type of an anchor who's attractive to the mainstream audience, mm -hmm. and. You get like the lawyer who like you know literal about Kirby's pencils. Yeah, that's a good point. If this is more interpretive of Kirby's pencils instead of being so literal. Yeah, like when, I mean, there's bits yeah. where things are awkward. Eyes don't quite match up all the time. Mm -hmm. Like on page ten, panel two, the eyes don't match up on Thaddeus's face. Oh my uh, god! And there's a bunch of pages like page 12 where i'm sure coletta erased backgrounds but you're right it, it, it looks really good to me in most cases yeah you know uh, going on page 11 one of my favorite panels maybe not maybe my most favorite one is panel two on page 11 where he uh you know they they're like hey show me what you can do and they chain him up and he like he uses his technology to blow the chains and it's just like it's really like freeing like it's really a cool panel i bet you the pencil looked amazing on that one yeah i makes i want to look that up in the kirby collector for sure what do you make of the idea that thaddeus escapes his traps without using technology and scott uses his technology to escape i think of it as like I even think of it as right now, like artists, like they use different tools. So back then they were limited and you get like right now, a lot of artists and comics, you know, as I'm trying to become an artist myself is like, they're all like, well, you got to use computers and scanners. And some artists are like, yeah, I just want to do pencil and ink. And so you're kind of in the old way and new way. And I feel like tech it's, it's Kirby saying Kirby being a young heart, young at heart saying like, um embracing technology embrace the new tools new, do new I mean, even he himself like he tried those collages which i'm sure at the time were like really you know avant-garde or like magazines did it so it's just kind of trying new things mm -hmm. not holding to old technologies as thaddeus is in a way we talked in the last show about how kirby's was was writing a lot about how technology was distancing ourselves from from being engaged, right? Because the techno missiles were being shot from space and stuff. Here, technology is working to bring people closer together. Mm -hmm. Scott is really able to bond with Thaddeus because he's able to use his technology to show Thaddeus he's a worthy successor. I mean, he says on page 12, you know, my inheritance, that's all. Things I left with a, with a foundling by parties unknown, I've kept them all these years and learned to use them, I see. That's like this look of trust and 
and belief in him, you know. Every professional must live or die by his own methods. So he's saying explicitly, even though you're not using the same techniques I would, these are totally valid. I kind of wish Thaddeus had been able to survive and he'd been more of a mentor to Scott. Yeah, I mean, that's what, I mean, if, if he would have survived, then Oberon would, I guess Moberon in this case is the mentor and you'd have two competing ones. And I think Kirby went for the, you know, the the more eccentric looking character mm-hmm. to in with the story, right? Because Oberon, he's a little person, but he also dresses weird, too. Uh, yeah, like, he, he even dresses like he could be a member of the new god. I guess it's kind of a circus. He dresses like he's in the circus or something, I suppose. I mean, Thaddeus is in the circus, and he's got a suit in the time when he's, like, normal. That's like, true. I didn't think of that. That's what, you, that's what I think I thought. That's why I was thinking, like, why is, isn't Oberon... Initially, you would think that Oberon's you know, new genesis or apocalypse even right because that whole sequence from page 8 to 12 scott's in normal clothes Thaddeus is in normal clothes but oberon's dressed in his weird outfit this odd kind of grayish purple and red thing he's wearing it could also because he does look like um he does look like granny goodness and so and granny goodness was somebody that you know, mentored Scott back in the day. So maybe, you know, Kirby's trying to create a parallel there. She pops in next issue, so she's obviously on his mind. Yeah, they look like each other, so. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I'm finding I don't have that much more to say about this issue. Yeah, I think the only, I don't have much to say either. My only other note really is that I got annoyed by all Scott's gimmicks on the last few pages when he's fighting Steel Claw, Steel Hand or whatever his name is. And he's pulling out that compact cocoon spinner and stuff. My my hyper sound intensifiers in my gloves. Like this just suddenly felt so gimmicky at the end, that retro jets in his boots. I'll be honest, I did not pay attention much to fighting. I was like, all right, that's great. He's fighting. <laughs> it's good. I, I enjoyed the pages. I enjoyed the art, but I didn't really read it very much. The, only, the, the last note I have in here is that the conflict between Thaddeus and Steelhand came about Thaddeus probably being a gambling addict. Because oh, yeah. He's addicted to be to thrills. And mm-hmm. the only thing I would uh, compare that to is a lot of athletes are also gambling addicts. When they retire, they don't have anything else to enjoy in their life, so they just gamble. And so, like, like for example, you'll hear Michael Jordan or, like, Charles Barkley owes, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars to casinos a lot of times because he... I mean, he pays it, but it's just interesting that these old athletes, they... After they can't perform, they've gambled, and now, you know, they lose it. It's an addiction. Well, that makes the death kind of ironic instead of being something larger, too, because he died because of the bet he made that he couldn't escape a, that he couldn't escape a trap. Yeah. So after we read New Gods 1, I think I said it was one of the best first issues I've ever read. 
like there was no way after reading New Gods one like couldn't I, I, if I was reading it in 1971 I've been counting the days for the next issue. I'm not sure I feel the same way about Mr. Miracle number one. I think I would be excited to read it, but I wouldn't be like desperate to find out what happens next. No, I'm not excited. I mean, it's uh, he didn't even have his art, so like his art wasn't top notch. So, but um, but I think it's gonna get better. And also, I know like, it will get better. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'm actually looking at the I'm not, I'm looking at the next few page in the next issue. And they look, they already look really good. So the art looks amazing, actually. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. All right, cool. Join us next week when we talk about Mr. Miracle number two. Thank you, Amir. Thanks. Oh, thank you.